0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.
1: <coughs> Talk
0: Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This is come out of her, my people. Sitting here once again with Ak Lin and Ak E.K. Today's topic divine sentence is in the lips of the king. Now that's taken from Proverbs sixteen and ten and I will read it for you. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king, his mouth transgresseth not in judgment. What do you hear, Brother Lynn? Yes, sir.
2: Divine sentence is in the lips of the king. Well, when you said that, it took me to another scripture that I believe is a a, a support for that basically, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember where it is right now. Memory's failing me. But it basically says that the throne is established by righteousness. So, you know, based on protocol, you know, based on uh, the fact that, you know, if we're to, you know, understand our condition, uh, I think you have to sort of temper what we've experienced on this land, particularly uh dealing with you know these other nations and uh dealing with uh, the the people that actually uh, you know we we look at them as oppressors, but you know they they've really been placed over us to you know, carry out the judgments and do that which we would not do. And for all intents and purposes, you know, even though you're dealing with uh, a said incorporated uh, jurisdiction, a government uh, within this beast, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that you know they are sitting in uh, in the seat of the king. You know, it's like when you go into you go into these courts. Uh, you, are you dealing with the dealing with the court system? Yeah, even though there's a, uh, in this case, modern day, uh, those would be uh, bid administrative courts. Uh, these would be the same thing as uh, kings' courts uh, from uh, days gone by. And you know, all of these courts with uh you know with the beast being a, a insular possession of the crown, you know, even though there's a, a a queen sitting on uh the throne in Britain, it's still a king's court. So I think we have to understand that so that we can get out of this mind state of um you know, these people that are currently managing us because we don't manage ourse- ourselves. You know, we got to get it out of our mind that they don't know what they're doing. You know, they're they're hating on us. Um, you know, that, that's, that's not it at all. I mean, it appears that way because, you know, we don't comprehend law the way we're supposed to. And so when we do start to comprehend uh, law, you know, we'd be able to more readily uh, ascertain and discern, you know just what it's going to take for us to, um, you know, atone and 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 move forward.
0: And I yield on that, brother. Praise the Lord. Proverbs sixteen and ten. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth. Transgressive, not in judgment. The floor is yours, Brother E.K.
1: Shalom, thank you for that, brother. When I hear that, one thing strikes out at me, and um, I kind of, it took my mind to this sort of insight with the scriptures. I feel like there's three major kings and throughout the whole scriptures when I say that you know I'm speaking in terms of how uh King David King Solomon and Yeshua and so that bloodline obviously since them being of the tribe of Judah were the king tribes but well, King David was you know the king that basically, laid down sort of the template of how to rule as a king. Then his son Solomon picked up. Then it was Yeshua who was going to end up carrying the same uh, embodiment, right? So a divine sentence in the lips of the king is not transgressed, not in judgment. Divine sentence if you hear what King David, King Solomon, Yeshua spoke about all throughout the scriptures, their whole sentences was divine. Even more so, what do we equate the word sentence to in law? Those are the terms and conditions as to what your punishment would be. So a king has to oversee the people, obviously. And so he has to be able to understand government law and commerce, to understand that these laws, statutes, and commandments are the divine sentence, and if you're in breach of that, there will be a punishment carried out within those breaching of those laws or statutes and those commandments. Therefore, your punishment would be uh, accounted as such. So what was Yeshua speaking of? What was King Solomon speaking of? What was King David speaking of? These were prolific kings. Now Yeshua obviously didn't finish the work or complete it, but he was essentially the king that we was going to have an uh that that was going to obviously carry the, the, the mission of the ancient prophets and the noblemen. So what was he speaking of to the people at that time? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The divine sentence, because I mean, yes, we can look at the word sentence from a law perspective, but let's look at it for you know those of us you know who may not be privy to that language like that. The divine sentence, the lips that he, the the words that he spoke out of his lips, he was speaking life as opposed to death. So in the scripture, his mouth transgresseth not in judgment, and if we look at the word judgment, one's ability to make sound decisions. Or, better yet, in law, a judgment. What does a judgment mean? Something that's ruled upon, a law of order that's ruled upon, based on a particular action or a series of events. So, what was he saying? Yeshua was speaking of what? That the kingdom of God is at hand, repent. Turn from your wicked ways, all those different things, the message that he was preaching, that I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill the law. So he can't be a transgressor if he's coming to fulfill the law. King Solomon set up universities, he had all nations under his subject as his subjects. Okay, so he so these are templates that were followed, that were carried on. Throughout the old Scripture, So you have three major kings That were speaking divine sentences So this is why Yeshua would raise To be the next king of the Israelite But eventually But unfortunately it did not You know manifest itself for the wrong one But nevertheless The template was still set up So Just like uh, Brother Lin was just uh, Mentioning about and it said uh, incorporated government, about presidents. They're essentially incorporated kings. But even still, they still have a divine sentence because even still, they still have to oversee a body of people. They still have to issue executive orders. They still have to do these different things. But even though they may be transgressing the natural laws of the Most High in their said government, but Yet they still are able to not transgress as much as we may think that they do, but they're not really doing it. So, you know, when I when I see this, I, I see a lot of uh, I see a combination of how, you know, the position of the king, you know, is is uh, is something that people, you know, should really kind of kind of really investigate a little bit more to understand like how like, that responsibility is in a sense, because we look at these words in the scriptures, and people will look at these things from a religious standpoint, and since this book talks about government law and commerce all the time, we don't put two and two together so. Somebody who may not necessarily see the scriptures in that light may look at this from a a, a religious point of view. But when you really look at the crux of the matter, how do we understand the works of a king? Because now that he's in this position, he can't be a transgressor. He has to be the the full embodiment, the full representative of these laws these says and these commandments towards the people. His responsibility is to make sure the people that are within his jurisdiction understand this stuff and are carrying it out in their daily affairs. So it's a divine responsibility that he has, and it's a divine sentence that he must communicate all the time through his words and through his actions. So, you know, I see that that's a big, uh, it's a heavy statement, you know, because his mouth transgresses not in judgment. He has to be very keen and making sound decisions, and his decisions can't be that of transgression. He can't be that of a transgression. Because at the end of the day, if he's doing that, he can't be worthy of the king, being the king, because he obviously is the custodian of these tools on behalf of the Most High. So Scripture is very powerful, and, you know, this is why it's like, uh, you know, to understand the government law and commerce aspects of it, you know, you can kind of see how this all kind of, you know, comes full circle, and you know, without our youth.
0: So, Brother Lynn, how is it possible that you can even write such a statement and call it God-inspired when we all know that man is fatally flawed You can't trust a man to be a judge because they're all corrupt. So how can you say that a king doesn't transgress the
1: law? The floor is yours. So, you know,
2: what what I would say to that is, is... Again, we must seek to become fluent in matters of government law and commerce, because anytime you try to, you know, and and you know, I'm going to say this gingerly. Anytime you you try to dumb down divine precepts in an attempt to convey universal truth, what happens most of the time is that you end up uh, distilling the true idea that you're trying to convey. It's like the the true communication that you're trying to foster between yourself and somebody that that is outside of you. And so the thing is, is that yeah, you know, sometimes when you've uh, been exposed to uh, different body of information, or you may be further along in in your studies you know it it's a task to um, you know try to continue to you know as as a a conscious that is more expanded it's a task to try to pull along a conscious that you know is is not as uh expanded, but the reason I'm saying that is that I want to set up this this whole uh, term, you know, when we're when we're talking about man, because see, the thing is, is in law, man means a completely different thing than it does in common language. And so, you know, if we're trying to use the common language to uh, comprehend these things, it is it's just more challenging. It's more challenging. And we have to – we actually have to work to be able to use the language of law as a common denominator so we're all, you know, moving, you know, as one and we're all operating from the same page. So when dealing with – when dealing with the term man, there are certain attributes that go along with that with that label, you know, and I'm not going to belabor the point um, on trying to run down all of those, but – For one thing, you know, in law, law actually uh, defines – take, for example, the term human. There is a lawful definition of human that a lot of people are not privy to, and because of it, because we are operating from a standpoint of common common language, people are all – you always hear people say, well, you know, I'm a human being. You know, well, I'm just human. You know, and the thing is, is that if they really knew what human meant in terms of law, they might not use that term so loosely. And so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you say that man is flawed, that's not really, um, you know, that's not really enough, that, that that's not enough evidence and it doesn't hold. Uh, enough weight for you to discount um, for you to discount precepts that are divinely inspired, for example um you know the Christ tells you that uh you know if you um, if you love me, keep my commandments, and he says that um if you keep my commandments. Um, you will be loved of me, and you'll be loved by my Father. And, I, and I'm paraphrasing. You'll be loved of me. You'll be loved by my Father, and I will manifest myself unto you. So, here's the thing: if you're not in a condition, if you're not in a position to actually keep those commandments, you're you you've not yet achieved the level a manhood that is necessary to be able to comprehend what somebody that is in the mind of a king would actually, uh, produce, you know? And the thing is, is that like with our people, you know, we have a, uh, we, we have a mind state and and it's really like an attitude that, uh, instruction is not necessary um you don't have to uh, study to show yourself approved you don't have to actually pass uh, competency hearings by those that actually came before you that have the benefit of years that you don't have you know you think your knowledge base um in many ways you know is superior to theirs you know and so the thing is is that how how can you possibly You haven't had the life experience, you haven't had uh, the proper instructions. I mean, you're basically um, walking around and you're trying to uh, critique and gauge the actions and the conduct of individuals that are, you know, they've operated on much higher levels than you from a standpoint of, you know, being able to conduct their own affairs you know, being able to actually uh, execute government, and you're looking at everything retrospectively. You know, so what I'm saying is, is that, again, the throne is established by righteousness, and for a man to ascend to that office, there's a rite of passage that he's gone through to get to that place, that the those that have not, you know, had the, the benefit of that instruction, those that have, uh, you know, not been uh, appointed to that role, they they don't, you know, they don't have the life experience really to be able to 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 make a, a, a proper critique, you know, because again the thing is is that yeah man is flawed. I mean we're not. We're not really... That, that's not really the question before us as far as, you know, do men make mistakes or don't they? That, that's not the issue. The thing is, is you you have to comprehend that that man got to being a king because he was in a particular state of mind consciousness. Until you achieve that state of mind consciousness, you're really in no position to to really be able to you know, critique that. So, I don't know if that came out right, brother, but, you know, I'm just saying what's on my heart, uh, and and I'll pass it back to you.
0: Praise the Lord. Only God can judge me. Can't no man judge me, brother E.K., Lord, yours.
1: Salam, thank you for that. You're right. Only the Most High can judge you, but who is judging? Who is taking out the the judgment upon you? Who is the Most High sending to judge you? It has to be a man or or a woman. (laughs) So our people have effectively think that, you know, that doesn't mean that you know, man himself is to be worshipped. But again, it goes back to what you know we you know, been discussing as far as protocol and order. And, you know, decency and order is, is is essentially what it really comes down to. The most high is going to judge you through people and situations. This is why we have a court system. This is why we have, you know, uh, you know, this is why we have a court system. This is why we have judges, we have magistrates, we have, quote-unquote lawyers, attorneys, you know, all these different things, clerks, you know. What do you think this is all setting up? So our people have to understand, like, you're right, only the most high can judge me, but how is he judging you? How is the most high judging Nature judges us. Every action, there's a reaction. Every thought, there's an action. Everything that we do, there's going to be a, a, a triple effect. So we're under laws in general. Well, who is executing that? So it's just like, for example, uh, one of us runs a stoplight, runs a you know stop sign, cop pulls us over, license and registration, please. Okay, do all that administrative procedure work. Now you end up in the in the court to perhaps maybe beat the ticket or perhaps may pay a lesser fine on the ticket. Who is in that courtroom? There's a magistrate there issuing a judgment on you. You must pay this XYZ fine or this will happen to you. Or what if you get caught drunk driving? You'll be sentenced to some time in in the jail Or you may have to do a drug rehabilitation program. Who knows, right? They're all being carried out through a man. So, man is not above the law, but they have a responsibility to do the law. So, even still, we're still flawed in a in a a sense because we still need guidance. So this is why these commandments exist for our moral behavior and our moral upstanding. So we won't have to. Always, uh, so we don't always have to consciously break, you know, these commandments or try to live above them, so to speak. You know, these are things that are used for our guidance, so we won't be flawed in a way where we won't we won't have to take accountability for our actions. Because essentially, you know being flawed doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have the ability to, you know, be righteous all the time. You can be righteous, but you can still be flawed at the same time while being righteous. What do I mean when I say that? You see, we make honest mistakes. We're not, quote, unquote, perfect. But nevertheless, it's our honest attempt to continuously get better. So, for example, if somebody, you know, has a chronic behavior of, you know, getting traffic tickets, but they're honestly doing what they can to obey the speed limit or parking designated areas, but they're making an honest attempt. Yeah, they're flawed, but they're still working at correct overcoming some of those flaws that they have. So how do we equate that if we're going to rebuild the most high government? It's the same thing. These commandments are our measurement stick. Uh, What kind of behavior would be deemed as not being flawed, but if should you do fall into a behavior that is flawed, these are the ways you can correct yourself, which comes back to the whole essence of the term grace or why there's a grace period to correct those flaws that you may have. So we're not going to walk through this life without making honest mistakes. But it is our sincerity that makes all the the difference, you know. So even still, when somebody is in that state of mind of only God can judge me, there's a sort of arrogance that is associated with that because now you feel like you're above your brothers and your sisters. But who do you think is carrying out judgments upon you or against you? Is, is usually a man or a woman doing that, right? The Most High is inspiring these people to do that, right? For example, when in, in this in this in this said government, it was brought over here on slave ships. Who do you think did that? You see, who do you think is executing that judgment or that responsibility to carry out that judgment? A man did that, doing that. So, you know. Only God can judge me? Yes, only God can judge me. But who is the Most High using to execute that judgment upon you? So that doesn't mean that man himself or woman herself are to be worshipped or to be feared in that sense, but to understand responsibility, protocol, and order. That's how the Most High works to people and situations. So, you know. Like Auckland was just mentioning, it's the same thing as the king. He has the authority to execute a divine sentence, should he need to. And as doing so, he has graduated to a mentality, a state of mind, consciousness for him to do that. So should the king go out and say, only God can judge me? But nevertheless, he's still, he's still a subject to the people that he's serving, so should he be in transgression, the people have every right to call him out on it. To, to call him out on it. So it's the same thing. So no one is above the law, but it's no one is above their brother or sister either. So this is why it's very important that, you know, the scripture is always making, making mention that, you know, hardiness behavior, arrogant behavior, it doesn't have a place in the most high kingdom, because you can't be in a state of mind and being oversee overseer people in that capacity. You have to be humble. So, you know, it takes higher precedence when one knows this, that not man is the problem. It is the responsibility man has on behalf of the most high. So this is what we have to understand as a people and make those type of uh, distinctions. Otherwise our judgment would be quote unquote flawed because we haven't graduated to that state of mind to understand these things. So it does take time to understand those those kind of precepts but even still, you know, man is flawed but he's flawed in the in the sense where, you know, there has to be a guideline. Because it's just like, you know, a child. A child is naturally flawed. If there's no discipline instilled upon him or her. So, if they're left to their own devices, of course, they will be flawed. But once there is a code of discipline, once there's a measurement stick of how to make sure that their behavior is falling in line with a particular conduct, then they can essentially overcome that flawed behavior that they may have had in the beginning. So, it's no different with these scriptures, with these laws, statutes, and commandments. And with that, I yield.
0: So, who are you to tell me anything? Who are you to think that you can cast judgment on me? Who is this government, this corrupt government? Who are they to try to tell me anything as though they don't have any faults? We' only got a few minutes left, actually the floor is yours.
2: yeah, that's how it goes There's one one thing that is uh consistent amongst our people is we hate correction, but unfortunately, you know that doesn't stop the judgment from being passed down on you, and that does not present an obstacle to the most high because as the love so below. Just as there's order in the heavens, there's going to be order on the planet. And the reason why we even try to notice our brothers and sisters on the necessity and the requirement to be able to correct themselves and clean up their behaviors and govern themselves is so that you don't bear the the brunt or have to suffer under that being imposed on you by nature. Through people and through uh, natural phenomena. Again, order will be maintained. You know, and it's a it's a foolish thing not to be able to recognize that the the root of why you have someone that actually even brings that uh, to your to your consciousness or to our two. Your forefront is, one, it's out of love, and two, it's out of general concern for your well-being. You know, you can go back to Genesis, am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah, you are your brother's keeper. You know, so it's not uh, a situation in most cases, even though it's taken this way, You know, it's not a situation where somebody is is trying to impose ideology upon you. You know, they're not trying to, you know, Necessarily subject you to uh, their will. You know, it's, it's really out of uh, a charge that, in most cases, has been placed on the heart of the individual that uh, and th- that is actually trying to bring um, you know, this point out. It's all for your betterment. You know, it's all for you being able to maximize. The greatest expression of yourself and the way that you do that is through obedience to these laws, statutes, and commandments, and aligning yourself with with natural law as summed up in the six hundred and thirteen with that i
0: you know if you, the listener or whoever you may be were to go to the top of the Empire State Building and tell everybody I believe I can fly and decide that you're going to jump off the building because you believe you can fly. If somebody comes along and says, don't do that, brother. If you try that, you're going to fall to the ground and kill yourself. And you argue back, no, I'm not. I'm going to fly. So then, to someone that's warning you, you tell them, who are you to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? And this one that's warning you is one that has the knowledge of right and wrong. But yet, you still insist that you believe you can fly. So then it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother who love you, who recognize something is wrong in your mind that has made you believe this. And you still tell them, can't nobody tell me nothing. All of y'all are wrong. And you still climb up to that Empire State Building, ready to jump off. But yet, your father, who loves you dearly, takes the initiative to take a hold of you and restrain you and remove you from climbing any further to go jump off of that building. And you still steady saying, I believe I can fly. Who are you to tell me I can't? Who are you to say that you're so perfect? The point is the divine sentence is in the lips of the king. He transgresses not the law. Excuse me. He transgresses not the law or the judgment. Now, I'm trying to get you to see that this king is operating in the capacity of a loving father who recognizes a mental illness in you and has to find a way to protect you from your own wicked mind that's what this is about think about that thank you all
1: for listening waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in
0: your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help